everybody. Happy Friday. It's 6 o'clock. It's time for happy hour here at mutinyradio.fm. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm joined by a bunch of great comedians that all want to make you laugh in the next two hours. So we're going to get it started with our first comedian. Hey, everybody, be excited and clap your hands wildly. The very funny Chad Opitz. What a treat. How's your Earth Day going? Huh? Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Guys, I got an opinion. Might not be a popular one. I think Earth Day is bullshit. Not a fan. Earth Day was designed by big corporations in order to sell you more Earths. That's my opinion on this shit. I'm not buying any more, big core. I don't like it. Uh, when I was younger, man, I took some martial arts courses. And I love doing all the kicks, the punches, the self-defense things. Um, but my teacher was insistent that you cannot do this outside of class, which at the time I never understood until I earned a college degree, which is another thing you learn in order to never use. Um, yeah. Can you guys imagine how racist Donald Trump's uncle probably is? Think <laughs> about that. Um, uncles are inherently more racist where I'm from. I don't know why that is. I got an uncle so racist, even mixed martial arts make him uncomfortable. It's not a a good man. Um, Keep a baseball bat beside my bed for safety, protection, mostly just in case my dad decides to finally come and play a game of ball with me. Which, uh, it's not happened yet. When I was a little kid, my parents bought me a bed shaped like a race car, which at the time was amazing, until they told me it was just so I'd be comfortable sleeping in a car. They just didn't believe in my dreams, that's all. They just didn't believe in them. But I'm proving them wrong right here at Brainwash. That's not even Brainwash, it's fucking mutiny! Oh my God! I'm getting my open mics all confuzzled. What is this, the happy hour, they say? It's called the happy hour? I was at a a bar recently for happy hour. I wanted to get a tasty drink. I wanted to get a sex on the beach. It's a delicious cocktail, but I couldn't afford it. So I'd ask the bartender to make me a rim job on the bus. which is a PBR with the edges licked by somebody with a cold sore. It's a little nasty, but it gets the job done. I've been on the bus a lot lately because things are good. And uh, this woman sits down right next to me with those many, many open seats on the bus. She's got her purse on her lap. And all of a sudden, she opens up her purse and hawks a gigantic loogie into the purse. This guttural, throat-clearing breakfast, lunch, and dinner loogie. It was horrific. But God damn it, I want to look in that purse. I was like, is that strictly a spit purse you got there? Or you lugging around shit that needs to be spit on? Like she's just carrying around a bunch of old baseball mitts and penises. Like what the hell is in that purse? And you're okay going full llama on that shit. Don't understand. Uh, I'm trying to be a better person. Um, it's hard, man. I grew up in an unbelievably white place. See, I already told you about my uncle. He's a bad person. I grew up around that. I'm trying to become a better person. Uh, but when it comes to like discussions of like race, gender, sexuality, things I don't fully understand, I can't fully understand, especially when it involves like people of color, I just back off, don't say anything, because I remember my name is Chad. <laughs> and when you share a name with the lead singer of Nickelback, probably sometimes it's best to shut the fuck up, you know? So uh, don't make any noise, listen, maybe learn a little. I went to a music festival recently to see some bands I like. Unfortunately, Nickelback was also there. 
didn't want to see Nickelback, but I had to watch Nickelback. And they had a sign language interpreter on stage with them for the entire set, an hour and a half, just did this. That pretty much nails it. You got it. Does anyone else think it's bullshit that Forever 21 doesn't sell alcohol? <laughs> Not right. It's the most memorable part about turning 21. It's like you turn 21, you're like, I'm buying a blouse. Wee! <laughs> That's my time. I'm going to get out of here. That was so much fun. Thank you, Pam. Thank you. Yay! Chad opens. Telling us the truth about what's happening in our economy with Forever 21. Wow, I'm I'm still high from 420, you guys. It's just I'm I'm still hungover with uh, with weed smoke. Just it's ubiquitous all around me like a beautiful pink cloud. Uh, your next comedian uh, looks like an angel because of her um, magical hair and all the weed I've been smoking. Please put your hands together for Trina Roderick. Hey, how are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Um, here's the thing. No matter what happens up here in the next five minutes, don't panic. It's going to be okay. Just, it's all right. Um, I had a punchline for that, and now I can't remember it. Uh, I might not remember punchlines, but that is as bad. Oh, that's it. Remember? It's like that scene. Remember when Gene Wilder locks himself in the cell with Frankenstein in that movie, Young Frankfurter? You remember that? <laughs> ah! Okay. It wasn't a good punchline. Okay? I, uh, I, emoti- I uh, registered my cat as a, an emotional support cat pet. At first, she was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no! Hells to the no. Right? Now she's okay with it, because now she realizes, like, if I'm crying, she can get pets. She's like... Well, if you don't want to commit suicide, I would pet me right now if I were you, <laughs> right? You're crying, you're dying, okay? <laughs> okay, what else? If she could make her own funeral arrangements, she would totally arrange to be taxidermied. You know what I mean? She'd be like, okay, all this gorgeous fur has to be licked every day. And you can put me on the couch in my favorite spot, rolled up with my eyes just slit, like, sit on me and I'll bite you in the ass. No? Sorry, you guys are new. I know all of them. So I'm just, I'm in love with you right now until that wears off. They I've seen before. So it's just, it's the, th- it's the four of us. Um, so I've heard that dogs, like, will sit at the door and wait for their owners to get home. My cat, she sits at the door and waits for me to leave, <laughs> looking at me like, don't you have any friends? You don't have to have a dog to go to the park, you know? Um, dude, she would be so pissed off at me if she knew I don't have a job. I mean, my God, she would be like every morning sitting on my, <laughs> pooping on my pillow, for real. <laughs> Anyway, okay, that's not that. Okay, I need a better punchline for that. She would be, uh, also, I, she would be totally pissed if she found out I talked shit about her on. Like, I don't even know how I would explain that to her. Like, that's the only reason we get along is she doesn't know I'm standing here doing this right now, right? Like, how would you explain that? I'd be like, okay, you know that black liquid every morning you want to smell that don't want to drink? 
Well, I drink that at home, and then I go out and drink that. Out? And when I go out and drink that, they give me a microphone, and I talk shit about you like mad. Like, they laugh at you. We have a great time. Anyway, that's my time. I like it. You know what? Well, I... that. Uh, I like that as a, like, what did, what did, what did you say? What did you say right before she blew, was like, go fuck you, fuck yourself, da da da, whatever. <laughs> no, 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 like the punchline. No, 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 that's the, that's my interpretation, because I'm a hate-filled person. It's not you. I mean, I mean, anyway. So now I'm just, <laughs> see, nothing bad happened. Everyone's okay. Okay, we laughed a little bit. We didn't get eaten by a monster, okay? And so, thank you so much. Have a great night, you guys. Yay! Trina Roderick. No one was eaten by a monster during that set. The, the audience was not harmed in any way. Uh, all right. We're, we, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, tonight's a night for the ladies, uh, all night. I wish I could play some, like, smooth tunes behind that, like, tonight's a night for the ladies. Uh, we have a bunch of female comedians on this show, and then the next show on Pamtastics, it's an all-lady lineup. So stick around, but right now, stick around for the very funny jokes of Brooke Heineken! Thanks, guys. Keep it going for the lady lineup. This is San Francisco. Literally, your odds have never been better than they are in this room right now, gentlemen. Um, I'm really excited to be here on happy hour. It is way better than any other happy hour I'd be at right now. Um, mainly my colleagues are all at happy hour, and I'm super happy to not have to be there. Um, but you always have that colleague that's like, oh, we should go to happy hour. Like, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. I hate it when people say it's 5 o'clock somewhere, especially when it's not on the hour. Because it's not 5 o'clock somewhere, it's, it's 5.27 somewhere. Because it's 9.27 in the morning here, and you probably have a problem. Uh, I got in a little bit of a bike accident on the way here, and I like sort of screwed up my hands a little bit. So I know it looks like I just jerked off a chimney sweep, I promise. It's just bicycle <laughs> grease. I don't know if it makes that better. Um, my bike and I have a good relationship, though. I accidentally like love tapped a woman with my bicycle in the elevator once and uh, she made this huge dramatic wince and I like made this very like oh my god I'm so sorry like an over apologetic gesture just to show her that I truly didn't mean to do it and she turned to me and she's like it's okay it's just my arthritis and I was like oh god I'm in trouble <laughs> I should have known this woman like needed to do some chronic oversharing by the fact that she was carrying sushi from Walgreens uh, but she like she just went on and on. There must be something above me that says emotional garbage can. Leave it all here, because this woman just went on and on about her arthritis, and I wanted to be like, lady, get a grip. Ar arthritis aside, get a grip. Life is short, and you are wasting my time. <laughs> um, so I am decently new into stand-up comedy at this point, almost a year, um, and uh, all the comedians in the room can probably attest, whenever you tell somebody you're in stand-up comedy, they always ask you one question. And I, when you're thinking all of that one question right now, I get it all the time, people look at me and they go, are you funny? I mean, I'm not sure most people say to you, like, tell me a joke, what's your best joke, but your friends have more faith than mine do. Um, and I've never had to really question whether or not I'm funny, because if you just look at a picture of me and my friends, it's like, ah, Hot blonde, hot brunette, funny one? <laughs> She's gotta be the funny one. <laughs> 
Um, all right, so I was playing Truth or Dare with my friends, because we're five. And uh, one of my friends got dared to, uh, to tell someone her number, or truth, I guess, to tell somebody her number. Not like the number, like the number of guys, you know, she, she's been with. And I was realizing a couple things from this. Number one, like, always pick truth. Like, because it doesn't matter what kind of spoiled food, sour drink, rank dick you have to put into your mouth, that taste will go away, but the truth is out there forever. Second thing I learned, there is no good answer to that question. Like, girls can have numbers that are too high or too low, but there's no Goldilocks option. <laughs> no one's like, ah, she's been with seven dudes. Just right. You look skeptical. Me? Yeah. No, my back just hurts. Oh, is it the arthritis? <laughs> Tell me more. I'm so sorry for you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Do you have a number that you would look for in a lady? I, That's presumptuous of me to... Ooh, what, what did you? I lied. Oh, naturally. Everyone always does. But, uh, I'm number 14. You're number 14. Yeah. Tonight on the show? No. Or just in life? In, in life. In her oh, in her number. Oh, that's yeah. good. You're, it's a solid place in her lineup. Yeah. Like, the, the crowd's warmed up, yeah. but it's not like end of the night people are too drunk to laugh at the sexual jokes. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. Yay! <laughs> Clapping for Brooke Heineken! I now feel like a really big slut. I am clearly, uh, I couldn't, I don't even know the number because I don't remember because I'm blackout drunk for most of my life. That's right. You remember, yeah, like really? I, when 41 year old, years old you reach, know the number of people you've slept with you will not. I'm like the Yoda of San Francisco. I mean, it's gotta be upwards of, I don't even, I've seen people's faces and been like, did I sleep with that guy? Like, I don't even remember their names. I have no idea. San Francisco's been good to me. All right. Still no STDs. Uh, really lucky, lucky lady here. And I, and condoms are for wimps. For <laughs> I'm just putting feminism back like 27 years with every word that comes out of my mouth. Your next comedian is a funny guy. He's number 14, except he's number four on this list. He's number one in our hearts. Put your hands together for Timothy Pita. Like a dog. It's all over your chin everything. Stoked to be on Ladies Night. And I'm really happy about the IUD thing. I've been getting laid way more since that thing came out. Um, I want to have a son. I want to have a really cool son. I've decided this today. Um, I want to like a buffed little toddler guy, you know, like a, make him do 22 minutes on the solo flex every day, get him good and primed, um, give him a cool name like Dreamy Boy McThunderbuns, <laughs> fucking badass, he'd have two different color eyes, I'd get him a pet wolf, <laughs> and like, I'd get a, like, I, I'd have an owl carry him to school and drop him off in preschool. And then at lunch, he'd break its neck and eat it. It's my boy. It's my little boy. Um, can I pitch you guys a movie that I'm thinking about writing? It's called Paws of Justice. It's, it's a documentary about dog cops. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they can talk, too. You know, they're like, uh, you know, they're dipping dipping their paw and poo at the crime scene. They're like, Weimaraner, raw diet. Yeah, we'll find him. It's good. You know, other cool lines from the movie would be like, you're barking up the wrong tree. 
you have the right to sit and stay. We're like, Lambert, quit rubbing your ass on the carpet. This is a crime scene. <laughs> you know, in the end of the movie, it'll be like, Roscoe, solve the case. We give you the medal, and you're a good boy. You know, like they're busting in the room and all the shit's going down. They're like, everybody fetch! I mean, freeze. Yeah, no, no, that one didn't work. Uh, or uh, they're like, boys in blue. What do you mean? All I can see is gray. <laughs> uh, instead of handcuffs, they use the neck cone. Yeah. You know, and then there's like the old dog, the old German shepherd that's like, I got two days till retirement. Me and Lucy are going to go down to the beach at Coney Island and roll in some dead fish. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I write this crap. Um, everybody's always talking about how they got like a spirit animal. You're like, oh, my spirit animal is a duck with a bow tie. Or like, my spirit animal is an eagle hawk or some other shit. And it's like, fuck you. Like, even if I had a spirit animal, it would be like a sewer rat defending like a quarter of a gas station burrito. Um, what I'm interested in, what's your spirit animal, Colin? Uh, asparagus. Asparagus? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the chat. Um, a pug and a little rubber duck. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, what if you had spirit garbage? <laughs> like, uh, like, I'm interested in this. Like, if you got a spirit animal, you could have a spirit other stuff. Like, my spirit garbage would be like a 170-pound trash bag just, like, filled with rotting mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think that would define my spirit garbage. It's a, a good way to go for me. I don't know. Um, let's see, I got a minute left. I can do some old jokes here. Oh, yeah, 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 I'll do my, uh, um, I really like uh, animals. And uh, animals come in animal groups. Uh, animal groups are like three or more, they have cool names, like scientists gave them cool names, like three or more giraffes is called a tower. Um, Three or more raccoons is called a gaze. Uh, three or more crows is called a murder. And three or more bros is called a date rape. Um, <laughs> three or more white girls is called a Pinterest. Uh, this one's true. Uh, three or more female geese in flight is called a gaggle. And three or more Japanese girls is called a giggle. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. I'm Timothy Pizza. Timothy Pizza. Hey, Timothy, before you, before you go, go, I just want to talk about the new art for a second. Look at the one that's low that's by the door. What do you see? What do you see? No, by the front door. There's one that's lower to the ground. What do you see in that picture? Timothy Pizza, what do you see in the lower? I see a raccoon clock gripping a penis. That's exactly what it is. It's a raccoon clock. Well, it's similar. That's why I asked you because of your joke with the yeah, raccoon that clock. Yeah, who made that? It's a huge black dildo cock or a real cock. I'm not sure the I way the light is playing. I tattooed on my whole back. And it looks like <laughs> raccoon claws yeah. gripping the dick. I just thought you'd appreciate that. Yeah. Clap it up one more time for Timothy Pizza. <laughs> I reference his joke all the time, and I give him homage to it, too, but, like, to normal people, like people I nanny for, like the dads and stuff, I'll be like, so this one comedian has this joke, would you rather get jerked off by a raccoon, or would you rather give get a handjob to a giraffe? And I go through the thing with them, and they, every time they, they think about it, and then they're like, giraffe. <laughs> but I always give you credit, because it's a weird thing to talk to dads that you take care of their kids. Sometimes you run out of things to say. You're like, oh, you're... 
It came, that is the best thing I've ever heard. He came out with it in a blackout and it becomes an amazing thing. Yes, Timothy Pizza. Uh, Listen to his show every, well, it's hard. We don't know where it is right now, but it's the F-E-F-Y podcast. Fuck everything, fuck you. Super awesome, super fun. Uh, Talks to people about their stories and pasts and he's like a therapist. He drags it out of them. Uh, Your next comedian is a funny lady and you guys are going to laugh hysterically at the jokes of Florentina Tanase. We're going to do Yay. Speaking of date rape. Oh, I forget. I don't know. Um, I recently, you guys know who Selena is, the dead one, right? My favorite kind of Selena. Um, I was watching her Houston show, you know, the one where she's dressed in the purple jumpsuit. She's like, beady, beady, bum, bum. Okay, so I realized that I was able to translate a lot of the Spanish that that she was saying, and I didn't know why, because I didn't take Spanish. Um, I don't live in San Diego, so I realized how useful was it that I watched Cops with the closed captioning? (laughs) Beady, beady, bop, bop. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And... Don't, like, Cops isn't doing so well anymore because CNN now covers the Trump rallies, but <laughs> anyway. <sighs> I have a special synopsis of the movie The Reader. You guys thought I was going to go somewhere else with this. I'm not. <laughs> have you guys seen it? Allow me to ruin it for you forever. Basically, Kate Winslet is a Nazi cougar. I know. (laughs) She meets this 17-year-old high schooler, and she starts fucking him, which is the, like, she subwayed him, guys. I'm trying to make that into a verb. And he starts reading to her, because that's the only way she could orgasm or something. I'm like, like half remembering this. So then he finds out, gasp, she can't read. (laughs) (laughs) What else did I say about this? I don't know. I can't make out the words. But anyway, so then he grows up. She's like, so when she was, he was 17, she was like 40. That's a cougar. Not like the real animal. Like, he wasn't fucking a real cougar. That's like animal cruelty. Like, you could uncross your arms now, now that you know what that is. All right. Um, so then he goes to lawyer school. And he's in this, where, the, where do the judges stay in that room? What is it called? Courthouse, yes. And there's this lady on trial who like left some Jews in a church and then the church burned because she locked it. And guess who it was, guys? Chad. Who was it? I have no idea. Kate fucking Winslet. Cause she couldn't read the signs. It said don't burn people. Anyways, he 
could have saved her, but he didn't because he wasn't getting his dick sucked by her anywhere. Anyway, so she went to jail, and then what does he do? He sends her a bunch of tapes of him reading books. So what does she do? She kills herself a day before she's supposed to get out of prison because audiobooks are the worst atrocity this world's ever experienced. They're the worst. <laughs> alternate, quick alternate ending, guys, because I didn't want to ruin the ending for you. Because, like, I'm not going to do that because I did that to my friends with 300 and I didn't want to tell them that all of them died, but it's not like that. My alternate ending is. He puts all of his audiobooks in a big-ass crate, and they go sailing off into the sunset, but then the crate falls in the water, and they both jump into it, and then they're like, hang on to the crate, and then he's like, fuck you, that's for Leonardo DiCaprio, and then he swims off. <laughs> Thanks, guys, I'm Florentina. Florentina, it's a a good uh, Leonardo DiCaprio joke. Throw that guy off the boat every single time. <laughs> Fuck that guy. No more Oscars for him. All right. Uh, your next comedian on the list isn't here yet, so we're going to skip him and move down and come back to him. And then the next one just went outside, so I'm not going to... It was Stefan Massey. We're on number seven right now. But we'll skip by him because number eight is here, and then we'll go back to the other two. So put your hands together right now. For the very funny Adam Strawbridge, yay! Hello. How expedient, I just got here. Uh, how you guys doing? Did you all celebrate 420? Yeah? Congrats, you celebrated Hitler's birthday. Hope it was worth it. Last week I made a big mistake. I tried to like connect with my dad on like an adult level, because I'm, I'm kind of older now, so I thought maybe we could be like peers. So I asked, like, how was I as a kid? Was I, like, a good toddler or kind of shitty? He said, like, you were actually a huge brat. You were kind of the worst. He said, uh, the custody battle over you with, with your mom was, like, a really expensive game of hot potato. <laughs> how rude. A lot of comics talk about Tinder, right? It's, like, all the rage, all those dating apps. You don't hear a lot of comics talk about the gay dating apps, though, and they're definitely, they're, like, a scene. They're really upfront. Like, everything's explicit. Sometimes it's really hard to tell if like you're on a gay dating app or just like a really assertive, aggressive dog shelter. You get messages like, looking for a young pup to tame and dominate. It's not really sexy. Or like, uh, like I need a, need a furry critter to keep me company. Or like, hey cutie, you look better with a load of spunk on your face. That, no, sorry, that one's less ambiguous. But the first two, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> I respond to all of them the same way. I say, oh, yes, period. I'm wet, period. And you'd think that would be like an obvious, I'm not, I'm not interested. But apparently in the gay world, I'm kind of new to, that means uh, please show me your taint. <laughs> Lots of taints. I'm impressed with the, the camera work, to be honest, the cinematography. Um, what else? Uh, sorry, Pam hates this, but I'm frazzled. Uh, I haven't voted yet, um, saving myself for marriage, but uh, in my impression in politics, there's always like a far left candidate and a far right candidate, right? But if I had to be a politician, I thought about this before, I'd be a far out candidate. You guys know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Boogie boards for every bro and chicks drink free. So it's my understanding the president lives in the White House. 
The vice president lives in the Naval Observatory, a little fun fact. <laughs> but I don't know where the Supreme Court justices live, so I like to imagine that they all live in like a big frat house, and they all just party all the time. They do fucked up shit. They like do lines of coke off the original Constitution. <laughs> I bet like they'd, they'd like make new judges initiate, and I bet like Pledge Thomas wouldn't want to do something. They'd be like, this court finds the historic 9-0 decision. Pledge Thomas is a total pussy. <laughs> I don't like saying that word. I just use it for jokes. Um, all right, let's try this out. You guys, any you guys like to talk dirty? You like to do dirty talking? I discovered I, I really can only deal with it in like one limited capacity. It's like a new fetish of mine, which is like, maybe some of you guys can relate. It's like when someone's trying to tell you you have something in your teeth and you can't find it, and they're getting increasingly frustrated trying to tell you where it is, and then you're getting frustrated. And like they clearly want to give up, but now you are frustrated that they are in this position because you didn't ask them to try to tell you where the thing was in your mouth. I'm just like humping the whole time. <laughs> that was perfect. That was ideal. Um, all right. My, I had a rough week, to be honest, because my friend dumped her boyfriend recently. He secretly taped them having sex together, which is messed up, right? Guys, it's not cool. She was like, I wish I lived in a different century when there wasn't all this technology to exploit women. There wasn't all these ways to make me feel bad. And I said, actually, even though I think technology clearly has changed the world a lot, guys especially remain the same throughout time, you know? And I recently read in this history website, like in the Renaissance in, the I in Italy back then, guys would go out, they like go to balls, they like wear the masks and shit. They'd find girls, take them home, have sex with them. They'd have a little artist in the closet paint the whole thing, you know? <laughs> It would take him like five to six nights to get the shading right. <laughs> Voila. She didn't believe me. She's like, oh, you're making that up to make me feel better. That's not true. He's made that up. And I said, no, it's a real place. You can go to this museum in Rome to see some of the artwork. It's called the Museo de Ex-Girlfriend Revenge. Uh, all right, thanks, guys. I'm Adam Strawbridge. Chief General, like I see Fuji. The nonchalantest, dirty talkist from Adam Strawbridge. Yay. All right, is everybody okay? What happened? Everybody's okay? We're all gonna live? Okay. All right. Uh, hey, everybody. Good times here at Happy Hour on MutinyRadio.fm. We're gonna move right along. We're gonna back up on the list to go forward. Two steps forward, one step back, opposites, Paula Abdul, all that shit. Uh, your next comedian, I think he knows who Paula Abdul is. He's a young man, but I don't know if he's that young. I bet he remembers the Animaniacs from his youth. Put your hands together, everybody, for Stefan Massey! The hell happened? I thought I had like four more people. Some, some people showed up late or something? No, you, you, you went, we just went right by you. It's okay. Oh, we went back. Okay. Um, so I was in Arizona last week. Uh, good. Okay, no one applauded. That's the correct response. If you had, I'd know you'd never been there before, and even if you haven't, you've probably heard some things, and I can assure you most of them are true. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I want to give you guys some advice if for whatever reason you n need to go there. I don't know, maybe it w killed someone you love. I feel like it would do that. Uh, Montezuma's Revenge is not a phenomenon localized to Mexico, so stock up on bottled water if you ever go to Arizona. Um, I did have, it was, it was more good than bad on the whole. I went to visit a friend of mine and, um, I jog like 
three days a week, and I was trying to keep up a semblance of my regimen. Uh, so I went out one morning. I woke up before my friend, and it was pretty nice. It was like low 70s. I get out, and there's a good breeze, and I've got my Batman workout shirt on. I got my sunglasses on. I got Kendrick going on the headphones, and the wind's in my face. It's blowing back my hair, making me look all cool, and I'm feeling good, guys. I'm feeling awesome. And then I get to you know where I feel like I should turn back, and it's at this point that I realize that I've mostly been jogging downhill. And so when I turn around, the wind's at my back, pushing my hair in my face, um, and pushing me uphill, making me wheeze. Uh, my sunglasses go askew, and I trip and skin my knee, and all I could really think was that this was the genuine Arizona experience. I told that to my friend. She said that's probably giving too much credit to Arizona. Uh, <laughs> So, as most of you know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a cinephile, and I've been slowly going through the oeuvre of one Werner Herzog, film by film. I've started taking notes during his movies. That's how serious this is getting, guys. Uh, and I recently watched, uh, finally, Encounters at the End of the World, a fantastic movie about uh, his trip to Antarctica and what he did down there. It's, it's an amazing time, but you know, I'm just piece by piece, getting a more complete picture of Werner Herzog as a, per as a human being. Uh, and what I learned this time around is he doesn't have much patience for long-winded speeches because he finds this dude who's their botanist, the guy who like runs this greenhouse they have, and he says, how did you find yourself in this place? And he just starts talking, telling basically his whole life story. And like two sentences in, Werner Herzog interrupts him in voiceover, and he's like, his story went on forever. <laughs> and he says this, he does the same thing two minutes later. He finds another woman who's like been traveling the world and and he just jumps in and cuts her off to make a long story short. Like, come on, dude, do you like these people or do you hate them? Give us a clue. Uh, and then there's the fish. Underneath the exact point of the, the South Pole, there is a frozen sturgeon. It was placed there on purpose. Uh, and Werner, being Werner, sees this and he says, it is as though we wanted to leave some sign that we were here, that, that we as a species existed. Because when the aliens come and they raise our planet for resources, they're going to see this fish and go, oh, obviously a sentient race existed on this planet. That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> they're going to see this frozen sturgeon surrounded by a garland of popcorn, and they're going to say that to themselves, that exact thing. Uh, you know, I've, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, why I'm as into Werner Herzog as I am, and I, part of it is envy, not gonna lie, like, I look at him, he's, you know, in his mid-70s, and he can say and do pretty much whatever he wants, and that's like the dream, guys, that's the dream for me anyway, and, and plus... His, his thesis, his, you know, the mission statement of his art and his existence is nature is here to kill you, don't fuck with it. And as someone whose favorite activities mostly involve being quiet in a room by myself watching a screen, that's something I can really get behind. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I, yeah, I am, I am, as you might, as I said, I'm a cinephile, and uh, one of my favorite things is, is watching movies on basic cable when they've edited the dialogue. Those are so great. Like, uh, in, in Die Hard, they changed uh, yippee ki motherfucker to yippee ki Mr. Falcon. 
in uh, in the Big Lebowski, they had that. They got that whole scene where um, John Goodman's beating up on that Corvette, and there's a uh, and he says, you know, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass, and they and they change that to this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps. But my all-time favorite, my all-time favorite is from uh, Snakes on a Plane, when, when Samuel L. Jackson has that iconic line, uh, I'm tired of these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. They just, they just turned gold into platinum with that one, guys. They changed it to, I'm tired of these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday through Friday plane. I'm Stephen Massey. Thanks, guys. Keep it going. For Mr. Falcon himself, Stephen Massey. Yay. All right. Uh, moving right along. Again, some people who did the pre-sign aren't here, so we're just going to kind of skip the list around and move around for people who are here and who've checked in. Uh, he just gave me the nod in through the door, and I appreciated it so much. Put your hands together right now for the very funny Adam Perlstein. Okay, hey, what's going on? So, um, you guys have a good 420? You guys all smoke weed on 420? Nice. Yeah. Um, why are you so defensive right now? Your arms cr- cr- crossed. It's relaxed. It's, um, it's okay. Um, I, um, I have a love-hate relationship uh, with weed. Um, actually, I, I, I don't like weed. I hate weed. Um, I think it makes people stupid. I think it makes people paranoid. I, don't get me wrong. I smoke it every day. I smoke weed every day. I'm really addicted to it, but I still think all of those things. And I also like think how much money... Like, if, you, if there was an app to find out how much money you spent in your entire life on weed, you would like to know, wouldn't you? Yeah. Wouldn't you? Like, I think from a conservative standpoint, I probably spent about, since from 15 years old, like $20,000 on weed since I was 15 years old. And I know, like, it makes music better, and it makes food better, and it makes sex better, but so does $20,000, too. It's just like, you know, eight prostitutes, a Maine Lobster, and boys' headphones would probably make everything pretty sweet, too. Um, but the thing was, is that I'm not as, uh, Bose, isn't it? I fucked it up, boys. God damn it. it I would have gotten a standing ovation if I said Bose, right? All right. So, um, shit. What was your name again? Fuck you, Vince. Uh, no. Um, I, I just think I didn't have, um, I had very strict parents uh, when I was growing up, so I didn't have, like, the house where everyone could smoke weed at. Like, my p- friends would be like, hey, can we go to your house smoke weed? And I'd be like, oh, I can't. My parents are really strict. Can we go to your house? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, dude, my parents are divorced, and they don't pay attention to me at all. I'm like, oh, dude, you have fucking great parents, dude. That's a really awesome deal you got going on there. It's really cool. Um, but I would do is, like, before I'd go home from school, I would, like, do the thing where, like, you just douse your eyes in, like, Visine and, like, just spray yourself with Axe body spray, just tearing up Visine and Axe body spray. And I'd come home and I'd go straight to bed. And the funny thing about that is that four years I did this, and not once did they know what was going on. I never got caught one time in four years, which makes me think, what do they think I was doing all throughout high school? They're just like, oh, Adam, yeah, he's, he's kind of interesting. He just goes out with his friends and puts on cologne and comes home and cries himself to sleep. He's a very, very special boy, and it's what he likes to do. So, yeah. Um, I think there's a difference between having a good sense of humor and having a fucked up sense of humor. Um, I think I have a fucked up sense of humor, because I was on uh, BART on April Fool's Day, and the conductor goes on the uh, the air 
after the train stops. He says, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for the inconvenience, but uh, we're having some uh, delays here, and I have to drop you guys off at the Union uh, City Bar Station so you guys can take the train back to uh, Oakland. And everybody's like, oh, fuck, this is horrible. And then the guy goes, April Fool's. And everyone laughs. And it was nice. I think I would have been a little bit different in that situation. I would have been like, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry for the inconvenience, but there are eight terrorists on this bar train right now <laughs> with box cutters, and if we don't follow their demands, they're going to decapitate all of us. And then I wouldn't say April Fool's afterwards. <laughs> um, you guys have dinner before the show, after the show? After the show, what are you guys going to have? No clue. Um, I'm trying to be more adventurous eater. Um, like, here's where I'm at. Like, I know all those people, like, who don't eat vegetables on their sandwiches. Like, do you know adults still that don't put vegetables on their sandwiches? Like, the weirdest thing ever. It's like they were vegetably abused as a child, and now they can't be around vegetables or something like that. Like, obsessed with the freedom they have in adulthood. No tomatoes for me. Mom's not. I can't tell me what to do anymore. Um... I'll, like, my more mad is, like, I'll eat sushi, but I'll only order the California roll. Like, it's kind of sad. Because I know what's in it. Like, rice, okay. Cucumber, okay. Avocado, okay. Crab, eh, don't worry. It's fake. Oh, okay, cool. Thank God. I'll have that. It's just, like, they always try to push me when I go to a Japanese restaurant because I feel bad because I'm going to, like, some authentic restaurant. And I'm just like, have the California roll. They're like, well, do you want edamame or do you want uh, sake with that? I'm like, do you have A1 steak sauce? I like A1 steak sauce with my California roll. They're, like, going to a Japanese restaurant and ordering the California roll is, like, saying the only thing I hate more than trying new things is Japanese culture. It's basically <laughs> what you're saying by saying that. All right, thank you guys so much. That was my time. Pearl's Day. Just for the record, fake crab isn't that it's not a fish. It's actually usually haddock. Oh, sweet. It's a fish called haddock. Yeah. That's right. just, it's weird, but it's fake crab because it's, it's not that it's fake fish. It's, it's a real fish. It's a real protein. It's not like made of soy or anything. No, for sure. But yeah, it's just, yeah. So it's, it is a fish. It's just a weird fish called haddock. Uh, why do I know these things? I, <laughs> What you know? That's I'm, that's just the way it is. I don't know why I know these things. All right, moving right along down this list, looking to see who is here. Looking and we're moving farther down the list. I saw her. She just came in as we're moving down the list. Hey, she had a great showcase here at the beginning of this month. She's been killing it all over town. Put your hands together. Oh, she's she just outside. Jenny Hogan. There she is. All right, put your hands together for Jenny Hogan. Fresh from the party, it's Ginny Ogan! Hey everybody. <laughs> so, um, are you filming me? No. No, please do. Do it. <laughs> uh, I was going to talk about Facebook. So, I, uh, you ever tried to delete their Facebook? Like, delete it, not just deactivate it, but really get rid of it? You ever tried to do that? If you try to do it, uh, they make you wait 30 days. Like you, you put in the request to delete it, and you have to wait 30 days without reactivating, and then they'll delete it. Uh, which is like the same thing you have to do to buy a gun. Like it, it is, it is the same level of difficulty to delete your Facebook as it is to buy a gun, um, and and for good reason. So I, I don't really support like gun use at all. I'm very liberal. Like I would only support using a gun uh, if it were for, like to abort a baby or something. But um, <laughs> I, this like. Uh, 
so this 30-day waiting period on the guns is because you might be like in a fit of rage and just be like very homicidal or want to kill someone or you might be really depressed and you're suicidal. So they make you wait 30 days to like sweat it off. And I think it's very apt that they do the same thing for Facebook because I think people delete their Facebooks for like more or less the same reasons. Like anytime I've been about to delete my Facebook, it's because like I post a status that I think is just like extremely witty and it really underachieves on like counts. And <laughs> And I'm like, you fuckers are going to miss me when I'm gone, you know? <laughs> like, if you can't appreciate this fantastic content right now. So I actually, I think I maybe wrote that joke like three years ago before I really thought it was a joke, but I just, I had uh, met this boy in New York and uh, we were like on a date and he worked at Facebook and, I, and you know, like if you meet people who work at Facebook, you immediately want to tell them everything that is wrong with Facebook. I don't know if you've had this uh, happen, but I was like, I think it's kind of fucked up that you have to wait so long to get your Facebook deleted. Like I tried to delete my Facebook like twice and each time, like I'm like three days into this 30 day waiting period and like my hands are shaking and then I like reactivate. Um, and he, and I said, it's kind of like buying a gun. And then he was like, oh my God, like you're so funny. Like that's hilarious. Like you should do stand up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he actually, he did say that, but he didn't talk like that. Uh, no, I did not date a boy who talked exactly like me. Although, that would be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but anyway, this boy was, uh, I thought he was like kind of a winner. I was like, I was pretty into him. We went on like, well, I'll tell you how it ended. So we went on like, uh, maybe like seven dates. And then like after the seventh date, I texted him being like, oh, do you want to come to this party with me? And he was like, I'm in Montreal. Like, I'll text you when I get back. Um... And I never heard from, again, <laughs> from him again. Uh, it's like a bummer that he moved. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but here's what happened. He, um, so I was like stalking his public Facebook profile like after a second date or so. And I accidentally, I was doing it like on my phone, just like a bad idea. I accidentally liked a picture of him that was either like him with his sister or him with his ex-girlfriend. I couldn't tell. And then uh, immediately after I did what any reasonable person would do, I unliked it and blocked him and deleted my Facebook. <laughs> and then uh, on our next date, he was like, is there any chance that you potentially liked a photo of me that was either me with my ex-girlfriend or with my sister and then unliked it and then blocked me and then deleted your Facebook? Uh, and I was like, that's so creepy that you were looking at my like personal Facebook data because he worked at Facebook so he could like potentially get access to all the data. It's like, that's really fucked up and weird. Uh, but cute also, like I've never had a boy like stalk my Facebook that intensely before. Uh, and he was like, no, I actually, I was not stalking your Facebook. I mean, I wasn't looking at Facebook data. I'm just like on Facebook all day. I wouldn't like look into your personal data until like date four or whatever. Like I'm, I'm a gentleman. Um, and uh, yeah, that was kind of the end of it. Actually, that wasn't the end of it, but I'm, I'm like out of time. We had five more dates to go um, <laughs> next time. <laughs> to hearing about the five other days with the Facebook douchebag. Yay. She's absolutely right. People at Facebook make way too much money off all of our stupid stuff. Uh, I just did a Facebook, one of those stupid quizzes where you just give all your information to something for no reason, and it was so that I could find out how long I would live during the zombie apocalypse and where I would be found. <laughs> I live over five months. Five months, 18 days. That's how long that I'm, I'm supposed to get to the zombie apocalypse. I don't know. It's exciting to me that I make it all the way down to Guatemala. I don't know why I gave them my information for that. They're going to like totally stalk me and make me try to buy bullet bourbon for 1995 and do some Christian mingle. Your next comedian, I think he might be on J-Date. I don't know. That's a good one. Uh, I don't know if they swipe left or right or if, if one of the ways to match is that you still wear a yarmulke even though you 
don't really believe in Judaism anymore. Uh, I'm just dancing all around. He just walked in the door, but I'd skipped over him. So we're going back. Put your hands together right now. We haven't seen him in a while. It's John Alcabez. What's up? Um, have you ever had somebody ask you, like, if you could bring a loved one back from the dead, would you do it? I've been asked that question, and I think that my answer is no, because that just seems inconsiderate to me. Like, you're still waking them up. You're still like, hey, like, if I woke my grandpa from the dead right now, he would be like, he would just be like, what do you want? And I'd be like, uh, d- d- hi. Like, that, that's all? Be like, I, I miss you, grandpa. Yeah, I miss being dead. And then he would just go back, go back to dead. Um, it's still, it's fucking rude. Like, I, I'm alive right now and I want to stay alive, but that's just because that's what I'm doing right now. If I was dead, then that's what I would be doing. And I would want to stay dead. Um, I, uh, I met this, this, I live in Santa Cruz, and so I meet a lot of, like, traveling folk um, with big bags and big dogs and everything figured out. They just know, but like, they're so sure of their way of life. I was talking to one of them, and she was like, she's like, what do you want, like, it's like she had just had, a, like, a really good acid trip, and she had, like, talked to God, but she just, like, was bad at taking a message. Like, she, he, like, told her some shit. She was like, got it, and then it, she just was wrong. Um, <laughs> but she was, she was like, what do you want to do, man? Like, what, what do you want to do? And I was like, uh, I want to do comedy, and she was like, well, then do comedy. And I, and I was like, well, yeah, but it doesn't really pay the bills at this point. She's like, what bills, man? What bills? It's like my bill, my fucking bills, PG&E. My bills. It's like, so you're just going to be the guy who pays bills? You're, you're just going to pay bills your whole life? I was like, yes. I mean, yeah, if you're going to make me say it that way, then yeah, I'm going to be that guy. And she was like, don't you ever want to, like, go into the forest, like, just go camping alone for a few days? I was like, no, not at all. I, not one bit. And she was like, that's so weird. I was like, is it? Is my thing weird? Because I don't think your thing's weird. I don't think it's weird that you want to go into the forest, but I think it's more not weird that I don't. I think I'm, like, a, a notch, I don't know. I know what I'm doing. Not, like, really, but I, I don't know. I know I'm voting for Bernie Sanders, um, but but I don't have a shirt, and I'm not going to buy one. Um, do you have one? That shit has an expiration date, dude. Because either he either he loses, okay, either he loses and or he wins, and then you're just the guy rocking the president. You're just the guy who loves the president. Like, like go, Mr. President, you're doing great. I love Congress and the Senate and all of my legislators. Oh, beautiful foot, you know? Here's that guy. Um, Bernie Sanders, his rhetoric is very, he, like, I, he posts things on Facebook like, like, well, how are there teens who smoke marijuana in jail, but, like, we, there's, like, there should be bankers in jail instead. It's like, do you just, <laughs> do you just hate people who work at the bank? Like, because, like, there's, like, the, like, what about the small-time bankers who are just, like, some guy who works at Joe's Bank and he's Joe. He makes like $30,000 a year. He's just really passionate about banking and finances. His catchphrase is just like, you gotta put your money somewhere. You know who, you know who the real bad guys are? Is the bank robbers. They're the, you know the type, coming in there with their guns, like, oh, give me all your money. It's like, hey, guess what, man? That's not your money. It's stealing. 
Um, all right, that's been all for me. Thank you very much. John Alcabez, yay! I can't believe you knew that song for Beautiful for Spacious Skies. I didn't think they taught that in schools anymore. That was lovely. All right, your next comedian. We haven't seen him in a while, but he is back in town. Put your hands together, everybody, for Sam Weber. Uh, hey, mutiny. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> I remember this now. <laughs> performing in a little box. Got it. Uh, I'm from Santa Cruz. Um, thank you. That's how I feel. That's why I'm here. Uh, Santa Cruz is the only place in the entire world that gets more beautiful the farther you are away from it. You really don't like Santa Cruz. That's a weird aversion. Okay. Same boat. All right. Yeah, Santa Cruz is the only place in, in the entire world that gets more beautiful the farther you are away from it. Like, you're, you're up close, or you're far away, you can see the ocean, you can see the mountains, the trees, the boardwalk. You get up close, you see a homeless guy shitting on a bird. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go back to Los Gatos. At least they have Netflix. Um, got a, uh, I got a, uh, a bad driving record. I had, uh, I have three strikes on my driving record, which is interesting because you, you get more than three strikes, you get four strikes, uh, which that doesn't make sense to me. Strikes are three, right? We feel, I feel like we can all agree. It should be balls. You should get four balls on your license because after four, you have to walk. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> we, wrote, we, we wrote that one on the way here. It's not even my driving record. It's John's driving record. I was like, I think that's funny. I'm going to do that. Do you mind if I do that? And he was like, just shut up. <laughs> and then he got out of the car and I had to park. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> do the notes. That's what, I, that's what I drove here for. I got a job um, as a Soldier Boy's uh, career coach. It's true. I got a job as a career coach. He doesn't really like my advice. I told him that he should become like a children's entertainer. I think he'd get a lot of work, you know, being a children's entertainer. But he didn't see the point. He was like, turn clown for what? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Just bought a Trump 2016 shirt. Yeah, thank you. You guys applaud a good idea when you hear one. That, that shirt is going to be fucking hilarious in two years. That's going to be the easiest way anyone's ever dressed up as a racist for Halloween. <laughs> you just have to get face paint. <laughs> or, or long robes. There's a lot of different choices. Um, I'm very poor, uh, which I'm coping with. Thank you. Uh, I end up, I, I hang out at a lot of like bar shows, so I hang out near the ATM machine because it spits out the receipt and tells how, how much you have on your account. So I'll hang out at the bar shows next to the ATM so I can see how much money other people have in their checking account and feel less bad about myself. Uh, but sometimes it backfires. Like one time, this, this guy had a receipt uh, that said he had $8,000 in checking. Uh, what? <laughs> Is that the light or am I done? That's so confusing. I get it. <laughs> That's very confusing. Uh, it backfired on me though because I saw the uh, I saw that he had eight thousand dollars, and this is how poor I am. My immediate thought was, "Oh my God, this guy's a millionaire." 
That's how poor I am. I see $8,000 and I think, $8,000? That's a million dollars. Thank you guys very much. I'm Sam Weber. $8,000 in checking is a lot of money. I saw someone once with $32,000 and they were at the brainwash. And I was like, what the fuck are you eating this food for when you have $32,000 in your bank account? Christ, the fish and chips aren't that great. Uh, all right, moving back down the list. Clap again, you guys. That was Sam Weber all the way from... They drove a long way from Santa Cruz over the 17. They didn't die in the Redwoods. Lovely times. Your next comedian, he's relatively new here to Mutiny, so slap those meat paws together. Be kind and generous with your applause for Jeff Dean. Hey, guys. I see we have a dog in the audience. I'm pretty excited about that because I got some dog-related jokes and it just never hits with uh, the human audiences. Um, <laughs> Timothy Pizza was talking about a dog cop show, and I love that. I love thinking about dogs in human, uh, you know, workplace careers. You know, um, I work in sales and I'm selling to HR people, and I always go to their careers page, see what roles they're hiring. I look at you know their team. Who who do I reach out to? And they always for the head of recruitment or something, they'll put a dog. Oh, this is Lenny. He's a dog because we love dogs in our office. We like ping pong tables. We're a startup. We're unique, you know? And I think to myself, what a disaster that would be if they had a dog working for them, you know? Like, they'd just be fucking barking orders at everybody. You, you know, if the janitor came along and started vacuuming, that dog would go fucking nuts. It'd be ridiculous. You couldn't use a laser pointer at a meeting. It'd just be chasing the red dot around. It'd be terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, I moved here recently. I started working out. I'm pretty excited about it. I'm not very coordinated. Today, or yesterday, I don't know if you saw, but I was limping on stage a little bit. I sprained my ankle jumping off a curb. I wasn't skateboarding or anything. I was just running back from Chipotle. Lake. I was late for a meeting. Um, and the fucking curb was a lot bigger than I expected. Uh, it's terrible. Um, but the gyms here are so goddamn crowded. I, I, I went into the, the locker room, for instance, and it was like I was in a parking lot. Everyone was waiting kind of in line just to get a locker. It was so packed. Everyone was, you know, you got you to gotta see who's leaving, who's going. You're making eye contact. You got to make the signal. So finally, I lock eyes with a guy. And I'm like, oh, are you, you know, I didn't say anything, but I, I thought he got the... He got the message that I'm like, I got that locker after you, right? Um, and he looks at me and he goes, what the fuck are you looking at? Um, completely naked. And I realize he thinks I'm trying to get a peek at his dick, right? Um, so now everyone's looking at us. And I stared at him for like five seconds. And then I just walk out. I just didn't go to the gym that day, which was upsetting because it was chest day. Chest day is the best day. Everyone knows that. Um, and now I have to go to a new gym because I can't face that guy again and I can't face any of the other guys that come at that time slot and, you know, who saw that whole situation. It's terrible. I'm not very confrontational. I got made fun of a lot as a kid. For instance, the first dick pic I ever sent, um, my friends, they strapped me down. I was in seventh grade. They took a picture of my dick and they sent it to my mom. Can you believe that? This... Uh, could you imagine explaining that to your mom? I said, Mom, they Googled that picture. That's not my dick. Come on. 
Um, and she said, Jeff, who the fuck are you trying to fool? I know that dick when I see it. Um, so I had to explain myself out of that one, right? So I was like, okay, mom, you're right, you got me. You saw right through that one. Um, it is my dick, I was gonna send it to a girl. And she said, Jeff, I know you're not sending that to a girl, and if you are, please don't. It's not impressive. You have other qualities that are better selling points. <laughs> she, she picked on me a lot, too. It was tough. Um, so uh, I'm from Reno. Uh, the kids all called me Homo Dean. You'd think that kids in Reno would be a little more progressive, right, than to use such a homophobic nickname. And when I go back to Reno, I try and puff my chest a little bit. I mean, just moving to San Francisco is kind of, kind of a big deal. Everyone either is on drugs or just stays in the casinos forever. And I, I, I'll be talking to friends, and I'll say, and they'll be like, oh, I just moved into a new house. I bought a new house. It's a three-bedroom. I'm a homeowner now. And I'm like, oh, I just moved into a new apartment. I live in the living room. It's great. Um, and they'll be like, yeah, I'm remodeling my house. And I'm like, oh, I just bought a, a beautiful new curtain. Um, I use it as a wall. It's great. Uh, it's thick, so no one knows what's going back there. You can't see sil silhouettes through that thing. Um, it's, it's one of those standalone curtains. It doesn't even hook to a wall because my walls are cement. Kind of like in porn studios, you know? Um, my room is kind of like a porn studio, except for my, my camera's a little bit off focus. Hey, yo. All right. Thanks, guys. That's my time. Yay! Keep clapping for Jeff Dean. He needs it. He was hazed by his friends and bullied by his mom. Again, Jeff Dean. Yay! All right. Moving right along here on the happy hour at Mutiny Radio. Your next comedian, funny guy, a regular here at Mutiny. Clap wildly for Spencer Latham. Hey, guys. Out of the way. What's up? Well, I feel like we went pants shopping together, you and I. I was like, oh, man. Thought I was unique. So uh, Prince died. Yeah, hmm, yeah, but no one's looking at the positive. The positive, which is just imagine the epic hologram supergroup that'll play at Coachella next year. You know, what, too soon? It'll be Prince, David Bowie, and Michael Jackson at Coachella? No? Okay. <laughs> I was trying to be positive, look at the good side. Um, I. I, is that, do you need to answer that, sir? Is it you? Okay. Very, for a second, I thought Pam was playing a Prince song. <laughs> and I was like, wow, she's really on top of it. That was, I was excited. Do you want me to do that? I can play No, I don't like Prince, guys. I don't get it. I know, I, I know. I don't get that. I don't like Prince. I don't like Cheesecake. Barely American. <laughs> what What's more offensive that I don't like Prince or cheesecake? Okay. I know everyone. I don't know. I think I uh, there's there's cheese and there's cake. You know, there's those two things shouldn't mix. I'm very bigoted when it comes to cheesecake. Like there's back America used to be great. There was just cheese and cake, and then you know they mixed together. It's gross, you guys. Um, <laughs> It's very gross. I majored uh, in philosophy in college, 
and they had this wonderful uh, job placement program. It's called being a waiter for the rest of your life. <laughs> was, was, hey, you can get a job anywhere, it's nice. Um, being a waiter is interesting. It uh, really, It really gives you a lot of reasons, I think, to doubt humanity as a whole. You know, it's a little, it's a little, a little heavy, a little deep, but it's just you get asked these questions because I worry. I'm, I'm a worrier. I worry about the future. You know, global warming and whatnot. We don't know where we're gonna be. I watch The Walking Dead. We don't know what's gonna happen. And you get asked questions that make you wonder: Are these the people that are gonna help me get on that life raft when the time comes? You know, questions like, so, um, what's your restaurant's like whole concept? And it takes everything in me to not lean over and just be like, our concept is that you don't need to cook the fucking food, honey. Why don't you just eat and enjoy that you're not cooking? Or like, do you guys have gluten-free bread? We have gluten-free bread. Why don't you... So one of us needs to help the other one into a raft when there's a flood. How is... You are not the person that's gonna, gonna do that. Um, very quickly, guys. I am a, I'm half white and I'm half Indian, so I look Persian. It's really cool. Um, and I don't really experience racism as much as I experience like expectation. And I find this out because uh, I go on lots of dates with uh, white women, because you know it's easy. And they, they, they tell me their like their opinions, and they find out I'm half Indian. They're like, oh my god, like. I love Indian food. Or like, I love this yoga class. I want an elephant in my wedding. It's like, we went, we went to elephant wedding really quick. And just, I'm going to end on this. Just, ladies, let's dispel the rumors right now. Every Indian man does not have elephant rental money just lying around, okay? We have a guy. He hooks it up half off. That's how it works. All right, guys, that's Special Latham. Thank you. Bazaar-Latham. No, no dates on elephants and no cheesecake on the dates. And then he's never going to slow dance to Prince. So there you go. Spencer Latham, hooray! Your next comedian, uh, he runs a show here the fourth, went fourth Thursdays of every month, but your hands together, everybody, the very funny Ben Lupinetti! So just me, or was that the saddest amount of applause you've ever heard? No, 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 no. You had your chance, and the effort you put forth was meager at best. But that's okay. You don't know I'm great yet. Did you... You were trying to be like, this is my prince costume, right? Did we already address this? No? Oh, shit. Dude, I think you accidentally did something great. Check out that vest. That's just the sort of vest I would look shitty in. I kind of want to continue Spencer's thing of just offering unpopular opinions to the audience. It's like, cheesecake? How else can I distance myself from you? I gotta be honest, and I don't think it gets said enough, and I think 
it's not as unpopular opinion as it sounds, but I'm not crazy about getting blown. Oral sex. Yeah. I, it's, it's not great. It's, you know, it's, I don't want my dick treated like a hard candy in somebody else's mouth, you know? I, I think, I think I'm just kind of a control freak in that way. It's like, you know, my, I want to direct where this, you don't need to know this. I don't know. That's really more of like for my one hour Comedy Central piece where it's like really get to know the artist and his point of view. I'll, I'll save it for another time. Um, what else can I tell you? I have a pretty great therapist uh, I've been seeing for a while. She's helped me to be less anxious and more confident and no longer a duck. Big step for me. Um, I think my therapist is really good. I, she always seems to be doing a good job. I just really hope it doesn't turn out that I've been imagining her this whole time. That would be that would be a blow to the old morale. What else is on the docket? That's what I call my hand. I. Uh, I masturbate with my docket all the time. I, uh, a burglar broke into my house the other day. Should I be offended that they didn't take anything? It's like, it's like what? My acoustic guitar with a hole in the side and two broken strings and my old razor phone are what? Useless to you? They're worth nothing? Good call. Fucking. I used to be fat, fatter. I, I don't know. I, I used to be fatter. I got really skinny for a while. I got kind of fat again. But I've been through the experience of losing weight and getting fit. And I just want to say to anybody who might be listening out there tonight, if you're kind of overweight and you want to get healthier and you want to try to lose some weight, I would say just don't bother. Just stay fat. Just stay fat. Because you'll find that you can be unhappy and super skinny too. Like, I remember when I got skinny, I, the comments were well-intended, but not flattering. Because I remember at least four different women coming up to me and telling me after I got all skinny, Oh my God, Ben, you look like a different person. But I was reading behind the lines. I could see what they really meant was, Ben, you look like a person. <laughs> And this is a true story. I had a friend take me aside at a party one night, and she literally asked me, Ben, I've noticed how much weight you've lost recently. Do you have cancer or AIDS or something? It's like, oh my god, thank you. Did you really think I was dying? I mean, I know I've been hitting the gym a lot, but wow. I feel good about myself. 
All right, guys, you've been terrific, as have I. I'm Ben Lupinetti. You have a great rest of your night. You know what I mean? Doesn't like blowjobs. Tells jokes, yay. Your next comedian is another relatively new guy, so clap your hands wildly for Cole Link. Hello, everyone. Came a lot sooner than I was expecting. You guys hate it when people exaggerate? Yeah, I mean, this is going to go well. I can already tell. <laughs> Anyways, my, my dad is by far the worst exaggerator, where he exaggerates shit that never even really happens in his stories. So, for instance, um, uh, let me see. I did not practice this at all. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> So all his stories are from back in the day, so I can never call him out on it. Like, it was back in the day when he was a strapping young lad. Um, today he's a fat guy in a wheelchair. He's not, uh, he's not in the wheelchair because he's fat. He's not, you know, one of those rascal riding people. He got fat when he was in the wheelchair. Uh, kind of dark, I know, but I live with it, so it's, uh, it's funnier to me. Um, <laughs> Anyways, so in all his stories, he's like, he's like whooping someone's ass and he's like an 80s action star where he always has like a catchphrase at the end of it, like something that no one would ever think of in real life. You know, like if I'm paraphrasing one of his stories, uh, some guy gives him lip at a party and he like smashes his head in a refrigerator door and he says something like, you need to cool down. Like he's like Mr. <laughs> like he's Mr. Freeze and Batman. Except for he doesn't normally have a temperature-related theme to make puns around. Um, but anyways, so I have, to, I have to put up with this my whole life, hearing his stories and never knowing what's true or false. And finally, one day, um, I hear him uh, tell him a story to his friends about when we were in Cabo. Uh, I went down there for a family trip. We had, uh, we had chartered a fishing boat, you know, to take us out in the morning. And... We hadn't paid the guy, but we all showed up roughly three hours after drinking before the sun came up, and the guy wasn't there. And so, like, obviously, uh, it's fucking, this tragic. It was, uh, we ended up finding another boat and going out, but the guy, like, totally stiffed us. Um, and so my dad's, like, telling the his buddies about it, and he's like, yeah, the next day I went down there. Everyone that went by, I was like, hey, don't fucking, don't charter a boat with this guy. He's going to cheat you out of his money. And the guy, he looked at me and he's like, ASA, you know, like, you know how they talk, right? And like how, how my dad thinks they talk. He's like, hey, I got connections. I'm like, you're going to end up at the bottom of the bay. And my dad's like, toss me in there. I'm fat, baby. I float. Because that's like his, that's what he thinks is funny. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, okay, I can't contain myself. This is not at all how it went. What really happened is... Uh, we got off of a booze cruise that uh, you had gotten absolutely blacked out and paid for an extra hour for everyone. Um, by the time we got out of the boat, you were uh, like brain stroke drunk, where just like half of your body works. So he's like, he's off the boat and he can only push with one arm, so he's just going in circles. So I guess he, he's down to like a quarter, a quarter of his body now. Um, but anyways, we push past, uh, we push past this guy, our fishing boat guy, and my dad recognizes him. He goes up to him and like tries to mumble something. <laughs> See, he's just completely no motor function at all. And uh, 
and then I don't I don't know what kind of exchange of words goes on, but they end up hugging it out and going home. <laughs> That's what really happened. <laughs> Fuck you, Dad. Your stories aren't true. <laughs> Thank you. skeletons in his father's closet here on the happy hour all right moving right along your next comedian i think this is like second week in a row put your hands together it's christopher jarmillo i know you say you like to wear pants oh he left i i i also wanted to say i was in the i I give zero fucks about prince dying club i wanted to be in that but the other the other guy left um no what what are you doing in the booth this week? You were you I I, I liked having you in the audience last week because oh, yeah. I like to host from the booth. Though. I think it's. Oh really? Yeah. Well, I do. you're like I don't like to be around you. I don't want to be contaminated with you, Fox. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I like to have a barrier. Okay. I see. I see how it is. Okay. No, I learned a lot last week from you. You like yeah. You you talked about a lot of cool stuff. Like uh, but I did fact check something you said. You said something about like uh, dolphins. People marrying dolphins, right? Yeah, fucking blowholes, snuff, dolphin snuff porn. Yeah, I yeah, no, I yeah. Lo- all I could find is there was an example of a woman, a woman marrying a dolphin, which I mean, I can't blame her. I think, I think a dolphin would be good at oral sex. You know, he has a very phallic tongue. He's got a smooth snout. I think it'd be, I think it'd work out. I'd work out. But you know what's weird? I found, it's, that's actually not the weirdest thing people marry, because that's what I found it in. Like this, people marry like, there was like stories of like a guy marrying his uh, side, pi- his body pillow, and then there was like a, there was a guy that married like a handheld video game thing, and I'm I, that confused me because I was like, how in the hell do you fuck that? I just I didn't I did I mean I'm confident he found a way. I'm confident like if a guy marries something, he's fucking it. That's just that's just that's just uh, the laws of physics. That's a, uh, I'm sure that's written down somewhere. But no, he um. But there was all sorts of weird things. Like a, there was a woman who uh, married the Eiffel Tower. Like she just said, oh, it's so beautiful, I had to marry this thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's, you married the most phallic object on the planet. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I know she, like, she has, she might not have done it, but I, she has plans to fuck that thing. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure one day, like you're going to hear on the news, and she's going to be much like a uh, freaking angel, like on top of a Christmas tree. And she's going to be on top of that thing. Because I think that's a one-way. She's just going to remain there. Because that's a one-way thing. You go down on that thing, that's just, you're done. You're done. Yes, that was a, that was a fucking Eiffel Tower joke. Okay, ah. But, um, yeah, it's a crazy world, man. People marrying Eiffel Towers and, and, and freaking dolphins and whatnot. And, uh, and my girlfriend's going to get mad at me because she caught me one time with a jar of honey and the dog. One time! <laughs> Never hear the end of it. Never hear the end of it. I mean, the dog's wagging its tail. My taint has never smelled sweeter. Who's getting hurt in this situation? <sighs> have, you ever, have you ever told a joke and immediately regretted it? <laughs> me, no, me either. Me neither. Never, never. No, the other thing I actually learned, I learned the, the other thing. Oh, I was, I like the, now what was your, what was your thing about the, uh, you, you tried pot and, hallucinogenics and they canceled each other out what was that oh no 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 you're not supposed to take ecstasy and mdma at the same or no that's the same thing you're not supposed to take ecstasy and cocaine at the same time and oh. it just ruins both drugs it's oh. just a total nightmare never mind now that you told me that that totally ruins my that was my point i thought you were taking like i uh, yeah never mind i totally misunderstood um pot makes everything better pot makes everything better okay and the horn makes everything better okay um especially the set okay um i uh I can't really do drugs. I'm not good at doing drugs. I can't do them. Um, 
Like, I, I've tried. I've really gave being a drug addict a chance, and it just did not work out. Like, I mean, last time I tried drugs, I was like, I was like, uh, I, like I, I was like smoking pot, and I, I smoked a little bit, didn't feel nothing, smoked a little bit, didn't feel anything, got frustrated, smoked a lot, and you know, an hour later, my friends are like, hey, you want to go to Subway? And I was like, I would love to go to Subway. Unfortunately, now I am a couch. I, I'm not laying on a couch. Me and the couch are now one. We share one body, one soul and later I will be trying to fuck it. Okay, anyway, <laughs> and I will end it on that. Christopher Jarmillo is uh, gonna be marrying a sofa next week here at mutinyradio.fm during the happy hour. He'll be marrying the sofa that he has sex inside and on top of. All right, great set. Next comedian coming to the stage. Funny guy, put your hands together. Jesse Warren. Uh, I'm glad I got here just in time to watch Cole's set. Uh, Cole's a friend of mine from college. We were in the same frat together. Uh, and now I know why he would drink more than anybody. Cole drank more than anybody. And when he got drunk, he would fuck anything. That was a, that was a thing. Uh, yeah, yeah I, it, was, uh, it was cool. It's okay. We all did the same thing. Uh, we, he knew this girl that I was dating in college for like a few years uh, who I broke up with when I moved here. And it was really hard because we were together for a long time. We were together for six, almost seven Netflix series now. And uh, it's, it was hard because we ended things on a good note, which in my experience is the absolute worst way to end a relationship. It, it's never good. Like, my best breakups have been the ones that burst into flames, leaving nothing left. Like, like the bowl after a fat guy takes a bong rip. Just nothing left. Like he's using a blowtorch, and we're not even doing dabs. Uh, like, chill out, man. We're we're not making creme brulee. You don't need that. But that's the way. There's closure, right? When it's that, when it goes bad, right? You know what to do. You delete her number. You unfriend her on Facebook, and you text all her friends. There's like a very, there's a very good, there's a very time-tested approach to getting over a bad breakup. Like my my last breakup went like this. My ex told me she was cheating on me and that my balls smell. And my balls smell, which is which is why I spread cologne on them now. Because I'm actively trying to better myself. She's gonna regret breaking up with me because my balls are gonna smell so good, man. She's gonna regret it. The next girl I'm with, she's gonna be like, Jesse, why do your balls smell so good? I'm gonna say, because I won the genetic lottery, baby. I was born this way. I got lucky. There was a, uh... Chris, you said you, your, your taint smells like honey. Your, that's, one time. But your balls probably your balls probably don't smell any better. Or I don't know. Fuck it. Actually, no. Fuck that. I'll talk about this. I actually got something in my inbox that freaked me the fuck out uh, a couple weeks ago. It was a video of this chick. It was supposed to be erotic. It was this chick taking a knife and inserting it into and taking it out of her vagina. It was absolutely grotesque, uh, and it was terrifying because up until then, I thought the worst thing that could happen when you hooked up with a girl was getting an STD, and now uh, I know there is such thing as pussy knives, which is absolutely terrifying. I was just living in a naive world where pussy knives weren't a thing, and now I know that there's a scenario that exists 
where getting herpes would be preferable, man. That would, that's, it sucks. I can't even imagine how I'd react to us just finding out that, that I was fucking some girl with a knife in her pussy. <laughs> I guess it's like to get even with guys, because when, go- when girls go home with guys, they know there's a chance that they just might die, right? Like there's like a very, like there's a, there's a non-negligible chance that like she just gets dead that night and Ginny knows what I'm talking about. She, uh, she feels this way. She's felt this way before. But now, like, I, I know what it feels like. Because now, even if I take a girl home, I might die because she might have a knife in her vagina. And I won't, I, there's no way I could know until I was already dead. It would be too late. Uh, and, and they're just evening the playing field. And uh, I don't know. Like, I... Like, how sometimes when I'm with a girl, she'll make me take a sip of the wine bottle first to make sure I didn't poison or roofie it. And now I'm like, now, do I have to, like, get her to finger her? So I don't know. I don't. I think. Jesse Warren! Now that I know you were in a fraternity, it explains so much. Uh, knife pussy. Never, ever conceptualize that concept for a joke. He's definitely on the cutting edge. But um, our next comedian is a really funny man who runs Wednesday nights at the Eagle. Uh, one of my, my favorite open mics in town. One of my favorite comedians. Clap your hands right now for Colin Holtz. All right. Yeah. Hi. Hello. I. Yeah, I'm 26 years old, and I just started dating. I just started. I'm a late bloomer. Yeah, thanks. It's fun. You get to see all the weird shit people do. Uh, I love it. Um, I've been getting hit on by a lot of cougars recently, which is strange because there's only a short time in life where you can say you've been getting hit on by cougars, right? Because as you get older, they just become women. Like this one, this one lady, the way, her name was Rocket, by the way. That's how she introduced herself. Uh, The way that she hit on me was she showed me a picture of her kids. (laughs) And they were only a year younger than I am. And her son could clearly beat the shit out of me. But like in order for him to have an excuse to beat me up, I would have had to have slept with his mom. And at that point, I feel like I've already won, right? Like, come on, even your mom calls me daddy. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, True fact, that's what fact means, it's already true. All right, that was a little redundant. If you want to see a picture of an actual cougar, you have to look up mountain lion on the internet. That's true. Uh, It's going to make for some really weird second grade science reports. She's like, from Canada to South America, it's a stalk and ambush predator. Here's a picture of Rocket. (laughs) A fucking bikini. All right. Um, The the first uh, date that I ever went on, I was 14. It was a long time ago. And I said, never again, as long as I don't have a car, and my parents have to drive me to the date. <laughs> it's the worst. Um, 
Fucking, all right. That's a dead end story. I fucked that up already. But uh, I had this one girl tried to hit on me. It was a party at my house, and uh, she was sitting on my roommate's bed, and she locked eyes with me. She's like, hey, Colin, why aren't you sitting on this bed with me? Weird, because it's my roommate's bed, right? Uh, Then she locked eyes with me, and she grabbed my roommate's Nerf gun, and then she licked it from base to tip. And that was disgusting, (laughs) because we have no soap dispensers in the house. And that means boys were going to the bathroom and then putting all of their poop germs all over that Nerf gun, dude. It's like, you just cleaned that Nerf gun. Pretty good. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Well gonna try the same exact shit in about 10 minutes, so <laughs> cheers, everybody. They made a real big hamster. Plastic ball. Colin Holtz, one of my favorite comedians. I love the story that he hasn't told in a while about because in it what dovetails in with that, you not having sex, about the breaking the bed and b- uh, your yeah. nose being bloody and just it's it's the funny story because you just it, he gets so into it and I just I'm like <laughs> Colin having sex <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> All right, your next comedian is another funny guy. He was here so early and I appreciate it so much. He's gonna make you guys laugh. But you're oh he he runs the setup on Saturdays at two 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 Hyde with Abhay Nakarni. Put your hands together right now for Richard Sarvante. <laughs> hey guys. I love how when Colin got off stage, Pam was like, I like that other joke that you do. (laughs) It's like, I have new stuff. I'm an artist. I don't want to just play the hits. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Sometimes when I get uh, really lonely, I don't eat. And I don't eat for a long time, and then my stomach starts grumbling, and then I pretend that the grumbling vibrations are people texting me. (laughs) (laughs) And then I don't feel lonely anymore. (laughs) If you're lonely, just wait a while. (laughs) Um, I I like dogs with floppy ears because it looks like they're bookmarking their own face. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's one of those jokes. <laughs> um, so uh, on 420, I went to In-N-Out, got really high, went to In-N-Out. Uh, and there was a guy uh, sitting there eating In-N-Out, and he had a picture of his wife across from him. So he was eating, just looking at a picture of his wife. <laughs> and at first, I thought this was really depressing. But then I thought, like, maybe... Like, when his wife was alive, she never let him eat in and out. (laughs) And so now he's just spiting her, like, yeah, double, double, bitch, who's too fat now? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I was really high on 420. Uh, I feel like being high is like owning a Ferrari, but only being able to drive in traffic. It's like, I have, like, all these really smart thoughts, but then I'm too dumb to do anything with them. 
That's why I couldn't write any tags for this joke. <laughs> you might wonder why Indian people are so successful. <laughs> think about this often. Well, so, okay, so the re you ever want, you know how like you think, oh, if I could go back to when I was younger with the knowledge I have now, I could crush at life. Well, Indian people get reincarnated. I have like a thousand lifetimes worth of experience under my belt. Like when I was going to college, I was like, oh, I remember that last lifetime where I was an English major. Fuck that. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's fine. It's fine. Uh, I, I, I hate technology, man. Like I'm not looking forward to teleportation because right now my main excuse for everything is always like, oh man, so much traffic, dude. Uh, I don't Sorry, I'll be there in 30 minutes, you know, when I'm still on the couch watching TV. I just don't know what I'm going to say then. Like, oh, the teleportation is still heating up. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to be on time. It's going to suck. Oh, okay. uh, see Harry Tubman on the $20 bill. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, pretty sweet. Notice no talk of putting a woman on the $1 bill because that would make strip clubs very awkward. <laughs> if, you, you know, if you're about to throw a bunch of bills at a stripper and you have to look a women's rights activist in the face, <laughs> it's just, it's just going to make the experience a little different. You're an equal. I respect you. <laughs> I don't know. When you guys don't laugh at that stuff, it makes me sound misogynistic. All right, I'm Richard Sarvati. Thank you. Richard Sarvati! At least you're not throwing 70 cents at those strippers. At least it's dollar bills. The change can, you can, you take an eye out, right? 70 cents. Flick them with the nickels. That, I think that's a metaphor for something completely different. Your next comedian, uh, he runs a great website called filmdrunk.com. Put your hands together, everybody, for Vince Mancini! Thank you. Everybody give it up for Aldo. He's a great, great open mic dog. You know, I just like having him around because he's one of those dogs where you scratch his belly and then he does that thing where his foot, he like starts the motorcycle. I love it when dogs do that. Like it's really gratifying because it's like, oh man, I just made that dog come. You know, like he's going to go off and tell all his dog friends what a pet machine I am. You guys, fucking presidential election, exciting, right? Not really. No, I kind of, like, if Obama was just like, ah, uh, we're going to do a dictatorship now, I'd be like, oh, that's, that's good. That's, thank God. Like, baseball, the baseball season just started. That season's going to be over, and we're still not going to have a new president. That's how fucking long we're going to have to sit through this nonsense. And we're already through the only good part. The only good part is uh, the Republican debates. That's the only part that where there's just like maximum entertainment value in the election season. It's my favorite part because like they all just get up there and then it's like a contest to see who likes Reagan the most. It's it's kind of like this Ronald Reagan fan fiction contest. And it's weird because they're all experts on this part of history uh, that isn't real, like f from this book that one of their friends wrote. It's kind of like they're a bunch of Game of Thrones nerds. 
getting up there like, gentlemen, I think we all remember when Ronald Reagan cleared the snakes out of the fire swamps in episode 734. <laughs> and they just all started agreeing with it. It's so weird. And like, I don't like Trump, but I mean, you have to be somewhat charmed by like the, the undisguised disdain that he has for his, his target audience. Like that's, it's kind of beautiful. He's like, hey, you nerds like Reagan? And then he just he like steals Ronald Reagan's slogan, let's make America great again. He just does all the things that Reagan does. He's like, these idiots, they're never gonna stop me now. <laughs> and they can't, and it's beautiful. <laughs> like I kind of think uh, that, that Trump, he's kind of like uh, Beyonce for dumb white guys. <laughs> like, like, you know when girls watch Beyonce and she just gets up there and she's just like so full of confidence and like they f vicariously, they, f they feel this like through her and it's kind of like the same with Donald Trump and dumb white guys. They're like, oh man, like he says all the things that I want to say about Mexicans, but I can't because people will say I'm dumb. The only problem with Trump really is that he seems like, you know, he seems a lot like Hitler, which seems like a, seems like a downside. And it makes it like Donald Trump seeming like Hitler has made me wonder if uh, like 1930s Germany had a Ted Cruz who was even shittier than Hitler. <laughs> like there had to have been a worse choice than Hitler at the time, right? Didn't there where people were just like, all right, well, this, Don this Hitler guy, he really hates the Jews, but at least he doesn't look like a smug, flesh-colored beanbag chair. That's, <laughs> he's not, he's not like a retarded Mr. Potato Head. All right, well, thanks a lot, you guys. I'm Vince Mancini. Telling us the political truth. Keep your hands clapping for Vince Mancini. Yeah, that Hitler thing was very funny. All right, moving right along. We're going to get the rest of the people in right now. Clap your hands together for Devin Kells. What up? All right, that's good. Let's get start. Imagine you're lying on a beach and you can feel the sand between your toes. And you take a deep breath and you can hear birds chirping in the background, waves crashing, children playing. And you relax deeper and deeper into a state of tranquility. And you can feel yourself, all your cares dissolving, and you sink deeper and deeper. You take another breath and you can feel your hands, and you can feel the sand, and it's warm, it's comforting. And suddenly you open your eyes, and you look up at the birds that are chirping, and you realize they're not birds, but they're actually tuna fish sandwiches. And when you lift your hand up, you look at your hand, and you realize that it's not a hand, but a tuna fish sandwich. <laughs> and you look down at your towel, and you're like, holy shit, this isn't a towel. This is a series of interconnected tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs> And you step away, and you realize you're not at the beach, but you're on top of a giant tuna fish sandwich. And that was tuna fish sandwich guided meditation. Um, I took a lot of Adderall today, okay? All right? I was uh, doing my taxes and vacuuming the ceiling and also smoking cigarettes. So I think that's what the Adderall XR30 commercial should be. It's like, got finals, also want to smoke, also want to do taxes, also want to call your girlfriend. Adderall XR30, you got it. Um, 
But uh, you know, it's been a good week for me. I uh, got my first DUI. Oh no. Yeah. I uh, drove through a uh, DUI checkpoint blasting the Ghostbusters theme, which is definitely like red flag for sure. You're out of the fucking car. Like, it wasn't even a question. I was just like, dun 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 dun. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've been drinking a lot. The uh, commercial with the, the pool of vodka in the front seat, like, just lowered the window. Like, olives just pouring out and just Ghostbuster, like Bill Murray's voice in the back of my head and cuffs. It's over. Um, but yeah, it's been a uh, so it's been an eventful week. I also won the uh, Nobel Prize for flushing the toilet and consistently flossing. So um, my dentist is going to be excited, and my roommates, which is big, uh, big 2016. Uh, I like um, I like hunting shows on television. Has anyone ever seen like the OLN Network? It's a very like literal experience. Like when you watch uh, when you watch them hunt, you know you got a bunch of like hicks in in like, these army camo clothes, and they're you know, you just, they're very literal about describing what's going on, right? They're just like, all right, we're, we're hunting ducks right now, and we're going to load up our gun, and you're going to go ahead and just go up to the pond, and you're going to see the duck, and when you see the duck, you're going to lock eyes with it, and you're going to want to pull that gun up, and you're going to shoot the duck. Now, the bullet's going to come out of the gun, and it's going to hit the duck, and when it does, it's dead. You know, and you just, you see the guy, and, he's, and you're going to want to grab the duck and pull it back to your uh, bag and put it in, and then you're going to want to cook that up later. And I was like, dude, what if this guy gave me, like, uh, like life advice or just, like, whatever, you know? And I'm like, you know, it's like dating advice. It's like, all right, you're going to want to text the girl one time, just one time, and you're going to want to put your phone away. You're going to keep checking the phone. This is totally normal. And, uh, you know, when she texts you back, you're going to want to text back right away, but you're going to want to go ahead and wait. That's going to delay expectations, going to fuck with her head a little bit. You know, or if he was like in a writing class, he's like, all right, so, uh, you know, you want to get the plot going? It's like, well, if you want to get the plot going, you're going to want to use a uh, day ex machina. That's going to throw people off here. It's a, you know, it's a nice little literal device if you're trying to get the uh, protagonist out of a pickle. You know, maybe he uh, levitates out of the train or something. That's unpredictable. Uh, anyways, that's all I got for you guys. But uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Pam. Devin Kells, vacuuming the sailing with Adderall X40TX or whatever. That was very funny. Uh, all right, guys, your next comedian, another funny guy. This is going to be the last person that gets the full four minutes. I'm going to get the last three guys in, but I'm going to give you, I'll let you at two minutes instead of three. So, uh, but Cole Chapman, I'm going to let you at three. You get your full four minutes. Put your hands together right now for Cole Chapman. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Aldo. Oh, this is why I come here. So look at all. Oh, she's looking away. I put her on the spot. Is it a she? It's a boy. It's a boy? Of course. Aldo. What the fuck kind of name would that be for a girl? <laughs> What's her name? Oh, well. All right, now that I've done that to everybody, hello, radio audience. Uh, what are we going to talk about? Uh, I w <laughs> I'm surprised no one's mentioned you more, sir. <laughs> I feel like this is just like prime real estate, front row. It's like you asking for it, and like people are like, too easy. No, too easy. Not me. Not me. I see this, I'm like, hell yeah, this is some prime USDA steak I'm going to dig into. But I don't know where to start, dude. This is the problem. Like leather boots, flower shirt, vests, orange undershirt, bold choice, and a globe pendant. What, you flicked it like it's got a purpose. It jingles, 
got it jingles. What? <laughs> Who are you? Where, what Bollywood time-traveling playboy epic did you fall out of? Jesus Christ, I want to know your life story and then some. You ride a motorcycle too? Holy shit. What? <laughs> Whoa. Did I imagine you? Are you real? No one's mentioned you, so I have to assume you are not real. Okay, uh, what are we talking about? You know, I, I was going to mention that I went too deep into it, but yeah, you are named Cole. <gasps> right. Me too. Let's hang out. Oh, it would be Cole Bros. That'd be fun. You don't want to do that? All right. I know, we got to stick together, man. That's what I'm saying. Well, uh, here's the truth. Uh, my name is Coleman, actually, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I lied to you right there. Straight up to your face. Didn't even blink. Savage, savage lie right there. Yeah, yeah, look away. Yeah, oh, I know, I know. Uh, but my name is Coleman. I go by Cole because my last name is Chapman, obviously, which is like, Coleman Chapman is like too much. <laughs> like, I don't have that many problems with my masculinity where I need to like establish it twice. I'm like, in case you had any questions. About my masculinity, like I just drive up a big like truck hiked up on the suspension with like an American flag sticking out of the back, like in case you thought I was gay, I'm not. <laughs> and, like drive off. <laughs> Actually, I, I've like I've so I've never asked my parents about this until like the last Thanksgiving. Uh, I asked my dad about it. I was like, hey man, like why is a uh, why am I Coleman Chat? But like, you didn't think this was like a clerical error? Like, at any point, you didn't want to fill me in on it? <laughs> he was like, he, and, like, he didn't even have a, a good response. He was just like, yeah, we fucked up. It's <laughs> like, what? Like, you're not even gonna try and defend this? Like, he just like, so admitted it right on the spot. He's like, ah, God, you've waited 25 years to bring this up, and yeah, you got me. You got me, I fucked up. That was shitty. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it was shitty. <laughs> it's so weird, because every time you get mentioned in like class, it's just like Coleman, Chapman, and everyone's like, I had to do that for like the first half of my life. Every class, just have that absence, or not that absence, that roll call like embarrassment every day until I got to know the teacher. What am I talking about? I don't know. I should have ended on that last thing. And then you got the horn. Now I'm looking at Aldo. Everything's fucked up. Let's go back to you, sir. <laughs> no, I'm going to get out of here. But uh, let me know. If you want to hang out sometime, we can go solve some crimes or something. Slay some puss, you know. You clearly know. What kind of motorcycle do you ride? Do you like lane split a lot? You got totaled last week? Oh my god, and I just ran out of time. Shit. Alright, well I'll see you guys later. Chapman will be fighting crime with the Bollywood Avenger next week. All right, we're going to be moving to three-minute sets. I'll be giving you the horn at two minutes. Your next comedian, very funny man, comes here week after week. Clap wildly for James Bostwick. Check it out. 700-pound monster truck driver. Hello. A long time ago, somebody told me, you're gonna pump gas for me one day. And at the time I was really, was really insulted, but I was thinking about it recently, and I was like, you know what? I would really love to live in Oregon one day. I thought that would be like pretty nice. Um, <laughs> um, I'm on actually a campaign to bring back um, LOL. I think it's been on the fringe for a while. 
what has replaced it? What has taken it over? The B L A H A H A H. The bruhaha, blahaha, and I really don't like it because it's it's pinpointing a very specific type of laugh out loud, which is a very sinister one. It's very uh, you know job of the hut Caligula type. Uh, laughing over me, telling me to dance more, to dance and entertain with too much uh, fat in the throat. Bruhaha. And uh, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Um, let me see here. Um, so uh, I just had uh, another fight uh, with my ex-girlfriend in my head uh, the other night. And um, this time, however, this time I did not call her a bitch. And I thought, wow, I did not know I was a hardcore feminist. That's, uh, that's amazing. I'm working on it. Working on it. Um, let me see here. Uh, this is a whole uh, uh, pigeon homeless deal, the rest here. So um, I really feel bad for uh, two marginalized groups in San Francisco, pigeons and homeless. Uh, or I think the mayor's office calls homeless people urban campers. Uh, which is kind of weird. I never really seen a homeless person drop a grand at a REI outlet uh, <laughs> for a camping trip on Folsom and Division there. Um, so let me see here. Uh, there's a lot of similarities between the two. Uh, both uh, you can see in um, all major cities across the country, right? Um, both are considered kind of a nuisance and problem by some people. And uh, nobody really wants one as a pet uh, at all. Uh, let me just go out here. <laughs> and thank you. Uh, you know, but I think there's a beyond seeing them as a nuisance or a problem or annoyance, a lot of people just straight up hate both groups, which is really bad. Um, I think it has a lot to do with their physical appearance, and I'm trying to stop that right now because, you know, monthly I donate to the Clubfoot Pigeon Foundation, and I think I'm making a difference. Just the other day, I saw two uh, fully functional, healthy legs on a pigeon, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's like a San Francisco four-leaf clover right there, so I appreciate that. All right, so that's me. All right, thank you. Keep clapping for James Bostwick. Donate to his uh, pigeon club foot. Every time you see a pigeon with cute pink legs and all of their toes, it's a miracle. It's a little San Francisco miracle. All right, we've got another miracle coming to the stage. We've been calling him the Bollywood Avenger all night. We're going to hear his jokes right now. Put your hands together for Avi. Believe it or not, I actually came from work. I don't think it's a big deal. I dress like this every day. Um, having great boots. It's kind of like having great boobs. Excuse me, sir. My eyes are up here. <laughs> um, I heard it's ladies' night tonight. I am so glad because I accidentally came prepared, I see. I don't know if you can tell, but they're women's boots. I call them my motorcycle boots, but but I know. Because they're really hard to get. Like, the lady at the store would, like, laugh me out. Like, excuse me, how much for this pair? It's like, you do realize they're women's boots, right? It's like, oh, sorry, my mistake. So I walk around the store, circle around, come back. How much for this pair? 
It's the same fucking pair, you idiot. <laughs> so I walked back, I was like, no, don't do this, go back. I was, I'm talking to myself, working my courage up, to go back in there, you get this, you're a strong, independent woman, you can buy whatever she wants. <laughs> so I eventually do buy it, and I don't care, they make my ass look good. <laughs> and when random girls compliment me on my boots, we accidentally passed the Bechdel test. <laughs> right, right, right. If you don't get it, Google it. I promise it's good. <laughs> like the Bechdel test is this text. It's, the, it's a test for like figuring out whether a movie is sexist or not. All it needs is that the, the movie has to have two women who talk to each other about something that does not involve another man. How simple is that? You'd be surprised how many movies downright fail this test. I don't have a punchline for this because I don't think that's funny. <laughs> um, two minutes, did you say, Pam? Uh, I'll, when I hear the horn, you have a minute left. Oh. Um, all right. I'm not gay. <laughs> I know I dressed the part. Uh, also, sometimes I wish I were gay because it would be so much easier. Like, I'm lazy and I know that. I dress well enough to be gay, and I already know that I'm not sleeping with as many women as would be required to legally be a straight man. So I was like, fuck it, maybe I can be gay. So I open up Tinder on my phone. Uh, by the way, when people say Tinder, you know they mean adult friend finder, right? And it's the same as how when they say they met on OkCupid, they met on Tinder, or when they say they met on adult friend finder, probably met on like JDate or something. Um, so I open up Tinder on my phone, and I switch my settings to men, and I was like, oh, that was easy. And I go out with this person, Lisa. Um, he was a pre, she was a pre-op transsexual because you can't rush these things. You take like baby steps, tranny steps. Don't say that. Uh, um, anyway, we're at her place and his place, and things are about to like get hot when they don't, because uh, I found out pheromones. Like Lisa's pheromones were still male, and they were doing nothing for me. Like downstairs. And I had like a little bit of like an equipment malfunction, nah, it's more like a no function, which was a weird dynamic for me because my equipment telling my brain, dude, you're stupid, let's go home. That's, that's weird. Like usually it's the other way around. So it was weird. And also in some cultures, it's not gay if you pitch but don't catch. So I tried catching and that hurt. <laughs> so I apologized and politely excused myself and like went home quietly having found out that I'm after all not gay. Uh, next up, I'm going to find out if I'm Hispanic or something. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Avi! Great stuff, one of his first sets. We have one last comedian here, if he's still in the building. Put your hands together for John Gallagher. Oh, shit, where'd he go? Johnny oh, shit, where'd he go? Is he still here? Last comedian, or we can just scrap it. It's okay. Is he here? All right, well, you guys were listening to the happy hour here at mutinyradio.fm. I was your host, Pam Benjamin. Hey, please stay tuned. In the next hour, we have Fantastics Comedy Clubhouse, uh, a great lineup tonight. Mary Goss, Iris Benson, Shelly Strabel, Rachel Raphael, Pam Benjamin, and Luna Malbro. All ladies tonight on Fantastics. If you are a comedian, you can stay for free, and I invite you to do so. All right, everybody, have a great night. See you next week. <laughs> Take off your pants. <laughs> Take off your pants.
Take off your pants. Take off your pants. I know you say you like to wear pants. Are you sure? You like to wear pants. It would be nice if brain depression nausea and can induce euphoria and stimulate appetite i'm gonna guess waffles <laughs> that is incorrect <laughs> actually alex the food i'm talking about are cannabis-based medicinal extracts cannabis-based medicinal extracts that sounds like you're smoking drugs ed no baby there are smokeless safe and less expensive alternative to smoking but can i use it to sleep yes baby good because i'm so excited by this and I may never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> Yeah, you. You look like the kind of person who has a sense of humor. Oh, is the radio talking to me? No, I'm on an internet podcast. I'm talking to an internet podcast? Don't be silly. It's a one-way form of communication. But I don't want you to miss out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts. You won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast got it. Can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool at MutinyRadio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. 
graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com for the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need and live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF, visual and auditory mind control. Go to SubliminalSF.com now. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle 